It's time now for episode 40, 44. 44 of the Indash Security Show, playing catch up. This episode, we catch up on everything that's been happening. Visit our website at indashsecurity.org for the show notes, past episodes, and to leave comments. You can follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. Send us an email at feedback at indashsecurity.org. My name is Matt. And my name is Max. Hey, buddy. How you doing this week? I want to punch you. I want to punch you right in the recording <laughs> at this point. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if any of you have noticed, but it might have been a little bit since we recorded last. And so we just spent the last hour trying to solve all of my electronics to get this recording working. So then Max just decided it would be really funny to pretend like I had no audio from him. Anyway. Hooray. Yeah, super ray. You know what else has been going on? What, what? what else has been going on with you? Let's ask that first, because I'm about uh, to go off. What's up with me? Well. <laughs> what's been uh, going on in the last year? Yeah, stuff has happened. I got into a kind of dark place with with feeling unsatisfied with work and and being able to influence change and accomplish anything. Um, so... I went into a little bit of a funk and depression and it's kind of common in information security that people will suffer from burnout uh, every once in a while. And it's like, you know, anything that's kind of high pressure job, nurses suffer it, uh, you know, EMTs, anything that's kind of like responsive and lots of pressure and heck, everybody kind of suffers burnout at some point in time. So it was my turn and it's been known in the information security world that it's out there so there are resources to reach out to and i tried reaching out to those resources and they got no response back from them so i'm a little a little upset at that so then i went to this slack channel that i'm on for canadian infosec people and i had kind of whinged and and uh complained there a little bit about how i was feeling and uh a couple of people said hey why don't you uh meet up with me for a coffee and so we met and we chatted it over and decided the best course of action was to leave the work that was causing me to not feel satisfied. And that solved a whole bunch of things. I, I left working at that financial institution and now I'm working for this uh, security company. And it was really flattering to get a whole bunch of offers. Basically, the people that I interviewed with all wanted me. So that's you know a little flattering and reassuring. Max, for what it's and- worth, I want you. <laughs> it's always worth it. And yeah, so Nailed I'm just it. working with these people that are just brilliantly smart and uh, working, doing security advisory work. It's a small shop and the people there are just work at such a high caliber. They're so smart. They're, they're able to discover you know, flaws. Their technical service teams find like stuff, flaws that in systems that everybody depends on get fixed before anybody notices. And it's just got to be invisible and hush hush in the background like that. So until it's you just, solve a way that any of them are going to come on this podcast, none of them will listen. Right. Yeah. So I remember when you first started, you were like, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so concerned that at some point someone's going to realize like I'm working with all of these super, super smart people. And I'm concerned that they're just going to figure out that by comparison, I'm a fraud. And then mm-hmm. after a while, you got your, uh, you got your 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 toes wet. You figured out 
you know, by gummit, your <laughs> Max Chisawakis of insecurity fame, they'll realize <laughs> what they've got. And then uh, now, um, after a while, I remember I spoke to you and you felt that uh, you felt that you you had a bit more of a grasp on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, so very different working engagement. I'm working from home now instead of having to commute downtown Toronto, which is nice but different and needs to. You need to get all sorts of more self-discipline to to be able to do that. You know, I took this job to get experience by I've worked 15 years in one place. Now I'm trying to catch up and see what a whole bunch of other people are doing in a whole bunch of different sectors. Uh, So that's interesting and and fun. I'm learning the vendor side of it now where you wait and you wait and you wait for somebody to sign a sow. And then now you've got all sorts of work to do. So that's. You um, wait and you wait and you wait, opening. and then by the time they finally sign it, it was due yesterday. Yeah, wait and hurry up instead of hurry up and wait. We've spent, what, 43-some-odd episodes trying to solve this mystery of how to get yourself into a job when you actually have some solid base understanding of it. And that's what we've been trying to get is the solid base understanding. But now you find yourself in a, a new job, a new spot when you have a solid base of understanding and you as someone who is actually like a somewhat seasoned veteran are finding the exact same experience. You just don't really, you feel like you're, you're barely treading water and barely keeping up for a little bit until you, you get your, your bearings. And then after that, it's true. After that, it's just a question of, uh, well, you know, I'm supposed to be here now. Let's just make the best of it. I yeah, just wanted yeah. to tie that into the uh, into the show. See what I'm doing here? I needed to be nudged out of my comfort zone maybe a little bit. Yeah. Other things that are interesting. I was nudged into looking at helping with security conferences and whatnot for, for my new gig. And um, so I'm two years ago, I had spoken at uh, B-Sides Toronto. We if did a show recall. about this. We talked about this. And we did. We, we, did. Put, uh, we put your talk on the on the website. It's true. Amazing. It's true. And now I'm helping organize the conference this year. Wait, what? Yeah. So huh. besides Toronto, uh, which is happening in exactly a month from today when we're recording this on the 12th of November is uh, is a thing. And I've I've pitched in to help out because other people's lives got very busy, which happens as people change jobs. That is amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. What else? Oh, I was looking through Twitter today and I discovered that speaking of security conferences, there's another security conference that's starting by the guys from Dark Reading, which is I really like the publication. I follow them on Twitter. Obviously, that's how I found out about this. And it's guess what it's called? Dark speaking. Nope. It's called the Insecurity Conference. Huh. And I was like, you couldn't Google it. <laughs> There's already people with the name insecurity. We don't yeah. have a conference. So that's no, we don't. Whatever, man. Uh, we also yeah. barely. Have so there, a there are four people. They're in, called themselves insecurity in a punny way for people that are in security already. And we are in a punny way to get people into security. I thought we were in a punny way on, on all of them. Yeah, well. I didn't too. think our pun through. I just thought it was a clever name. Right. But they have insecurity.com. 
which is depressing. Oh, good. Didn't uh, they get that from the people who had a podcast that started a podcast after us? And then we reached out to them and we're like, what? <laughs> uh, no, that's a different. I don't think they had insecurity.com. I think insecurity.com was some story is that we're just not as clever as we hoped we were. This is true. And I was tracking another insecurity.org without the hyphen in it because I thought that would probably be easier for people to find. And that was bought by somebody else after the fact. I guess my math was wrong and that some Australian company, whatever. Yeah, not important. Whatever, man. They, uh, they're building a, a con around our, our podcast. That's great. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, we were thinking of building a convention around our podcast, but, you know, uh, yeah. time limitations and also, nope, that's about it. Nope. All right. So what's new with you? You wanted to rant a little bit. You said, oh gosh, do I have a rant? Uh, What's new with me? So since last we podcasted, I now have more of a job for grownups. I'm still working at the same company, but now I'm doing something significantly more rewarding. Uh, I'm doing information analytics, which is wicked fun and gets really weird and really creepy really fast. When you realize how much information can be glommed off of everything, uh, that gets weird and fun. That's not the rant. Um, that's just the what's new with me. Other than that, you know, I've information been, glommed through through like what, analytics. like somebody's like where somebody goes to. Oh, so okay. So I work for a, a phone company, and we have a bunch of customers who call in, and when they call in. We will have our call center agents follow not a script because we're not going to script them, but we will have them follow processes. And I generate the processes as part of my job. And then what happens is based off of this process generation, we're able to find out more or less what steps uh, the agents will follow, how much time they spend on various steps, what different processes they need to follow and this is like baby analytics by comparison to what the big creepy companies do okay um, we are not yet big creepy we want to be big creepy but we are not <laughs> big creepy but just the fact that we have built this rando thing and we can derive all of this information from it gets really weird and really creepy really fast like just um, I can tell that uh, on average people spend this much time on this one step in a process, which means that they're mm-hmm. spending a lot of time trying to figure that out, which means that I can probably make that process or that step better. And then possibly that's a step where people that they're talking to will have questions. So then I can try and derive from that without even getting into, you know, super creepy where I need to listen into what they're saying. <laughs> No, I can just try and derive from that what might people ask that might derail the conversation from that point. All of this kind of stuff. It gets really weird and very, very interesting. I can see why massive, massive companies love analytics. And your whole point is just optimizing. Yeah, my whole point is optimizing. Yeah, optimizing the tool to make it so that the people that we have work in the phones will be able to solve anyone's problem faster right and better but if if other people's nefarious you know desires were to 
make their company be able to market to people better or whatnot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're not big creepy, but big creepy has all of this. Like, well, I need to know what they like to do during the day and where they go and uh, what they're shopping for. And no, none of that. All I'm asking for is like, how can I solve your problem faster and better? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of analytics I'm dealing with, but that's the kind of analytics that has opened my eyes to just how immediately and powerful the weird creepy gets. Interesting. Yeah. Except that it's really like fun from my perspective because I'm trying not to. No, I hear about it, but you never really realize like just how much you can solve from very few data points. And then when you have a ton of data points, when you really try and uh, bend into it, oh, it can get weird. Hmm. Anyway, that's that's my new job, and that's working out pretty well. Now, as far as cool. my rant goes, uh, I mentioned at the at the top of the episode. We had some issues trying to get, you know, everything back up and running. So I don't know if you know this, but Windows 10 is a jerk. (laughs) So I've been running Windows 10 for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think this is pure speculation that I had a janky power supply. Oh, I had like a thousand watt bronze power supply and things got weird occasionally with my windows and then eventually one of one of our tech friends recommended maybe i should try replacing the flowers the power flower the flower supply Uh, if i replace the flower supply then at that point everything else is just going to smell much better i've tried changing rams i've tried changing cpus i've tried changing motherboards because i had just recently rebuilt my system Right. right. This wasn't as a troubleshooting step. This was a, uh, I am lucky and got a hold of a baller CPU. So I'm just going to rebuild the system around it because that's what right. has to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had changed everything else. So the only common denominator was the janky power supply. So I tried changing that out. I've got a much better one now. And things have gotten much, much better. However, that being said, when I had the janky power supply, I would try Mm -hmm. and do things like when Windows gets real weird, it tells you like you cannot boot anymore. All of your stuff is gone. Like, wow, you're just done. Here's what you should try. You should try a recovery. So recovery is a lovely idea. And I have never gotten it to work once. Yeah, I've I think we talked about it before. Yeah, I run it. It goes all the way to like 98%. Then it's like, you know what? I'm reversing this. I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> but why? Just reversing so it. close. And then wait for like another two hours. And then it reverses everything. And it's like, yeah, that failed. Take a nap. Really? Yeah. Really? So then I've tried, you know, the Windows backup, the Windows uh, recovery points. And every single time they're just like, let's give it a whirl. Nah. Now, I've decided no. Mm. So what I've done now, and this actually works, which is lovely, is just a full gosh darn image. I've got a disk image, which Windows still offers. So I did it through Windows because I'm a masochist. (laughs) Uh, I'm just like, let's give Windows a shot with this one because all of the rest are working so great. So Mm -hmm. I ran Mm -hmm. this disk image and it works great. So I loaded, I, I went through, you know, yet again, the process I've loaded everything up. I've got all of my software and whatnot. 
including the ones with the really difficult to solve key type things because you have to do that. You have to get third-party electronic keys in order to register software and they don't work if you do a restore. Anyway, so I've had to restore that a few times because now I've got a new thing where after the creator's update, everything's been running tip-top, smooth, beauty, until this creator's update thing. And then Mm -hmm. I would boot from the creator's update and Windows would just completely stop doing anything. And I couldn't really tie it to what I was doing. It was usually during the boot up. And then I figured mm-hmm. like I figured out recent-ishly, it seems as though if I start Chrome, which I feel like Windows should know is one of the things that they should really try and focus on, making sure people can use. Um, right. But if I start Chrome, then all of Windows crashes forever. <laughs> like it, if I hit the restart button, it goes straight into the BIOS and will not come out of that. Uh, right. If I power down, sometimes it'll allow me to boot back up, but it'll do disk checks and stuff. Uh, so now I've uninstalled Chrome altogether and I moved on to Firefox. And now Windows will allow me to boot up most of the time. But... Anyway, all of that whole tirade is my excuse for why all of my settings were lost for all of our audio recordings because I had them all saved and I saved all of that stuff real tight into my Windows disk image, which then I ran and yeah, you know, it didn't, it 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 didn't, it, it, it couldn't, it couldn't be bothered. But then that. Huh. it's just like, no, no, we're good. We are real close there for a little bit, but that's not going to keep happening. Let me also end your rant here. Oh, good. You're going to solve my my freaking Windows problem? Not at all. I'm going to tell you all of the woes that I've had with Windows oh, over the past us. little bit. Right, um, do it. So I had told you before, my start menu just didn't work. Like the icon was there, but clicking on it didn't bring up a start menu. Well, as a bit of a keyboard cowboy it didn't really matter so much you know i could work around it by hitting um the windows key r and that would bring up the run prompt and then i'd type in what i wanted to run and if i wanted to run something as administrator i'd right click on the little task bar at the bottom and um, bring up the task manager and then run as from there so it was workaround after workaround after workaround and it wasn't really bugging me too much um what was bugging me was my inability to be able to solve it with all of the different hacks that I had come across and putting in like running these utilities that you found from Microsoft that were supposed to correct it. And then it's same thing. It would like complete and be like, yeah, actually your start menu is just fine. I don't know what your problem <laughs> is. But, um, and, and yeah, so after trying everything I could, I'm like, okay, I've got some free time. I'm just going to, reinstall it from disk and microsoft is actually surprisingly good at reinstalling your operating system over itself now like in windows 10 i guess they figure you're gonna have to do this sooner or later everything was there i didn't have to re-enter any keys um i just needed to you know figure out a way to 
to boot up and run the install. And then it's like, do you want to format your drive or not? And I'm like, no, I don't want to format my drive. I want to keep all my files and everything was there. All my apps were there. It was just seamless. So that was, that was a good one on my new work, uh, laptop. Hold on, before we leave that, yep. before we leave that one, let me second that that works. I just want to throw my hat in the ring. I've tried it. It works. I've tried to, you know, install windows from a USB drive over top of itself, over top of the existing programs, over top of the existing files. And it works, but I'm a simple man. I will need my USB key occasionally for other things as well. I don't have windows media discs anymore. I can't justify spending $10 on a CD drive for my computer. <laughs> that right. seems frivolous. Anyway. Yeah. So sometimes was... I'll overwrite it and then I can't uh, yeah, reinstall it. So I try all of these recovery <laughs> things and by recovery, they mean <laughs> no, that's what it just should say in the menu option. Sorry, yep. that was a sidetrack. Uh, moving on to your work laptop. Oh, yeah. Uh, so work laptop wouldn't register my keyboard. So it's a it's a tablet thing in my bobber that has a keyboard. It's a Surface Pro 4. And um, it comes with a keyboard, which is called a touchpad, I think it's called. It just hooks directly up to it through this little, there's a little strip that attaches. And that didn't work. But I only discovered that after my bluetooth keyboard and mouse that i've been using died as well so i was like that's odd bluetooth didn't work so i figured maybe it was my batteries to replace my batteries that didn't help so i went to the touchpad and the touchpad didn't work and i'm like that's pretty strange so i tried my usb keyboard for my home computer and that didn't work i'm like pretty sure that computers need keyboards because it has an on-screen one but that's not really good enough so I guess work had set up the recovery options on it pretty good. So I rolled it back to a previous version. I tried it. Nope, still no keyboard. The keyboard would actually work um, if I booted up to off of a USB key. So that if I like ran Kali Linux on there, um, it would work just fine. And I would actually have the ability to make choices within the boot menu. It was just Windows 10 itself that it was completely corrupted on. The recovery options that I tried, nothing worked again. So I went back to a restore point. Didn't work. I was about to give up. And then I'm like, well, let me try an older restore point. And then that worked. So I had to go back about a month for it to work. Listen, anybody out there who has had a success story with a restore point, please, for the love of gosh, leave a comment on this episode because I do not believe that restore points work the way they are supposed to. It worked for me. Well, I, one I, of them. Did. I don't, I don't know if it's just because it's a corporate setup system and maybe my IT guy knew what he was doing. All right. Fine. It Anyone has to be like else. An enterprise version. Everyone else. I'm assuming Max has, has made this up. Let's, <laughs> let's hear your success stories. Speaking of success stories, I just want to throw one more thing out there for this. And then I'm going back onto my rant. The uh, Microsoft Surface, I've played with it a mm. little bit, and it is very cool. While it is we're very busy nice. slagging their operating system, let's talk a little bit about their hardware. And I am fairly pleased with what they have done with this thing. Yep. 
Uh, I think that there's a newer version than the one that I've got. And supposedly, you know, the updates are incremental. But who cares? It's really awesome. I've gone to uh, work at client sites before. I'm able to hack my way around and, and get an alternative OS up and running so that I can run vulnerability scans and ping sweeps and stuff like that through it. And Have they coined a new term for it, like the laptoblet? I don't Lap- know. Tap, tap. I just remember the ad where it just like snip, Tap-top? snap, snip, snap, 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 snap. Oh, I All like laptop tablet better. Laptoblet. It's pretty, it's pretty hybrid. I don't know. It's nice. They're very cool. Yep. Wait. So right back to the rant. While you, well, no, no, you I, I had one more. I had one more also end to oh, add gosh, in there. Darn it. All right, go give her. I've, so I've got a note here. I, I run, I run virtual I'm machines. Angry about. It's in my, it's in my things I'm angry about book. All right. <laughs> It's good that you have a rage journal. Yeah, and most people have like a dream journal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those are the it's the same for me. It's one of the same. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I uh, I run virtual machines, and um, I like to keep things separated along virtual machines. So now that I'm doing the B sides thing, I've created a virtual machine uh, for doing the B sides thing, and just so happened that I was randomly selected for a creative update on that one, which is the next version of windows 10 and Chrome stopped working. I mean, it works. It Chrome works, but the tabs themselves are invisible. You can create a new tab through the menu, but you can't see what tabs you have. The whole tab bar is just like white out. Oh, okay. So, so we're probably on the same boat. Right. I, uh, is the creators and the creative the same thing? Yeah, I misspoke. It's creators. All right. So whatever. I uh, I got uh, the most recent update. It was after Windows updated that mm-hmm. if I try to run Chrome, everything ever decides it's done working. <laughs> so yep. you have a less severe Chromitis than I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Um. I mean, you know, Chrome without tabs is still also unusable. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Actually, but if you hold, you know, in Windows, if you want to switch between applications quickly, you can hit the alt tab button. Yeah. In Chrome, you can control tab through your tabs. Yes. You have no idea what you're switching to, and it's only progressive. Or I think if you do control shift tab, it'll go back backwards. a tab as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is um, all browsers. So it's, I mean possible to work that way wait and so you're I saying that you can't no. see them but they're still there they're exactly they're invisible and still there even if i oh, go into incognito chromitis don't worry about it <laughs> that just yeah. washes off in a later patch you'll be fine <laughs> oh no, no it does not I've, I've tried reinstalling chrome oh not uh, not on, chrome in windows presumably yeah. Or some later, later chrome patch but my my chrome i've got severe chromitis where if i try to chrome then no yeah no just no (laughs) and a a side effect of all of this is the next the 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 other point in my rage journal so it's it's colored red for the the anger but fortunately the uh yeah so when my severe chromitis hit i just kept at it this time in the past i've recovered by using that disk image that i had which rolls things back to before the latest update which unbreaks my heart 
And mm-hmm. now it leaves me with uh, this update that Windows just keeps insisting that I really, really want. And by insisting that I really, really want, I mean it's going to force it. You cannot pause it forever. I have no, like there's an option and it says on my on my host machine that the virtual machines run off of. It says, hey, yeah, you can totally install this awesome creators update. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm cool. And uh, and just ignore it. But for whatever reason, the virtual machine that I had for B-Sides just randomly said, hey, guess what? You're you're installing this update and I didn't get a choice. Oh, I got the choice. It makes a point of making sure to notify you when you are in the middle of playing a first person shooter and winning on a competitive match. Nice. Um, It's like, it's watching over me. Some could say there's some sort of overwatch going on during the game (laughs) of which I'm playing at any rate. I paused it. I was like, no pause. I, Oh, okay. Well, my whole team's dead because somebody chose to be the healer. Thanks, you know, Microsoft. Then uh, it gives you options. It's like, oh, you're so excited about this because you cannot opt out of it, but you can postpone it. So I was like, oh, yes, postpone. So I'm like, postpone it for some other day at like two in the morning. And then it's Mm. like a different day. Maybe four in the afternoon. Hey, it looks like uh, looks like you're playing a first person shooter and probably winning the game. <laughs> I should probably pop up and take over your whole screen forever. Yeah. So, when you said first person shooters, I thought you were talking about uh, about Counter Strike because that's the last kind of one that I played. I, I forgot that everybody else had moved on because they don't have so old, kids and lovely. stuff. Um, yeah. So anyway, but I was playing of Quake Two and. <laughs> Speak, speaking when this of latest which. thing, oh, no, wait, wait, I'm almost done. I'm really close right. to done. I'm, it's, we've been going for 30 minutes and it's, we're not getting anywhere. Speaking of which, this latest problem that I ran into erased everything from my startup menu. <laughs> oh, great. We're back to no start menu. <laughs> yeah. All of my programs are still installed and will still run. So remember mm. when I was trying to run uh, the video recording software and yep. The video software would not load, and that's because it was gone from my start menu. So I had to try and find the exes that are running. Uh, exe, dot exe. I know that I'm pronouncing it wrong, and I'm probably going to start a war on the internet from the three people that are still listening, but I'm just calling it exe. So I tried to find the actual file because it's gone out of my start menu. All of my nonsense is gone out of my start menu right and i was just trying to engage microsoft in the press start type the thing you want hit enter Mm -hmm. and it would you know search and find and run but now it's just anything and it's just like did you mean internet explorer edge like no 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 (laughs) i would never mean that (laughs) yeah but you you did put a vowel in there internet explorer (laughs) edge has several like no no i i put an a you do not have an a anywhere in there it's like but we have so many e's come on maybe you meant internet explorer yeah. all right over those to are not things we should probably get to a show soon maybe this is the maybe. best this show is- we have had ever 
So this is fun. humorous to me, though. Just saying. So, uh, yeah, sorry, you um, were going to say. You had, a, you had another start menu tangent, I'm sure. No, I was going to say I highly suggest with those start menu issues that you do not try to do go through hacks and just install over itself. Maybe yes. that'll solve your problem. Yes, probably. The first-person shooter thing. Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Mm-hmm. Ring a bell? Team Fortress 2? Ring a bell? The kids call it CSGO. What, what, what do they call Team Fortress 2? Uh, TF2. Oh, what are they called? Uh, Left 4 Dead 2. L4 D2. Oh, okay. Those <laughs> might all be run... making that up, but I think they call it that in Steam. <laughs> they all uh, run the Steam engine. Oh, yes. And yes, I've heard of Steam. A, a researcher found that the Steam engine could be exploited so that if you kill someone in a game and send them a packet, you can take over their computer. Oh, I thought you just meant you could kill them in real life. Well, you can make them want to die in real life i've done that (laughs) that's a thing that i thrive off of ruining people's day is so much fun anyway uh it's it's way better no really way better than teabagging yeah there's motherboard had an article on it added in the show notes but yeah if you kill someone you take over their computer and install a backdoor and yeah you're basically rude on them so that was fun and interesting that oh happened. dear i have played literally all of those games and i am terrible at all of them i think <laughs> at this point everybody owns my computer by the amount of so times i have die. died just don't die yeah oh so the so what you're saying is the the white hat response is get good yeah <laughs> yeah just yeah, right. get good son I, I think victim shaming is appropriate here mm. Mm. yeah skill up bro oh. um or do like I do is don't give somebody else the the privilege of killing you. Set yourself a light. I think you might know where I'm coming from here. Oh gosh. Throw a Molotov cocktail so f- and burn yourself to the ground. For what it's worth, anyone who is listening who has not played any sort of video game, literally any video game with Max ever, if like the, the game has some sort of fire element, Max will gravitate towards it naturally. If the fire element means you are burning to death, that means he is gravitating into the death fire. Like a moth to the flame. If the fire element means you can throw fire and somehow catch yourself on fire, then that's his jam. Yep. And my handle is magnesium. So if I fall into water, (laughs) I instantly turn into fire too. Yay. A little chemistry for you kids out there. Huh. Uh, Cool babies that you are. Uh, Yeah. In the past year that we haven't been podcasting, things have happened. What? Nothing. <laughs> you might have remembered we did an episode on Handsomeware, and that came with a vengeance called The Wanna Cries. Right. Uh, which was... Is this a rent- recap episode? Let's recap. Nice. I guess so. Like, why oh, not? do it. We haven't been around for like a year, right? So... All right. Yep. What else? Oh, there was a Yahoo breach we talked about a while ago. Wait, what was WannaCry? Should we? Oh, WannaCry was the ransomware. Yeah, but that, should we do? A, a loose... uh, took advantage of a shadow broker's exploit that was stolen from NSA that uh, very easily exploited anybody's Windows systems if they hadn't patched since March in May. And it was super trivial to connect to someone's box as long as they had their. Um, file sharing service open to the internet, SMB okay. open to the internet, or you know if they clicked on a link or something like that, it was really trivial to exploit somebody. Then 
infect their machine and then infect every other machine in their network through a worm automatically and then encrypt everything and then say, hey, your computer's locked out. And uh, the the way that it was progressing through like Asia to Europe and then it kind of got solved by somebody called malware tech stumbled over as he's a malware researcher stumbled over this dns name that happened to be inserted in the file and he said well what happens if you actually you know register that dns name so he registered the dns name which is like this random bit that nobody would have and it stopped the virus from working because it could resolve it and right. it I guess within the code itself thought that if if this resolves, then I'm within a security appliance and should not show that I can completely own systems. Right. So that was interesting. And most predominant case of that was the NHS, which is um, the British hospital system. As far as I can tell, I don't know, stopped working and people essentially couldn't get the care that they needed and died. That's pretty predominant. So that's um, a. I think I have we have a, a couple of a couple of articles about that that we can check mm-hmm. into the show notes. Yep, I have a buddy also who works at a Canadian hospital, and they just spent all this time patching stuff. Hospitals are a horror show, it appears, um, for the old software that they are forced to run. Hospitals are where you really get the rubber hitting the road, as far as you've got vendors that have a death grip on you and won't let you change stuff or else you'll be out of support. Right. You have life critical systems where convenience to use the system trumps security. And you've got security needing to protect people's personal information on the systems and not have these devices that are really poorly programmed to go out of whack. Uh, and then you have the vendors that have no idea what they're doing in the security space. And when somebody reports a vulnerability to them, instead of going out saying thank you and fixing the vulnerability, sue the person, right? It's just like this horror show of like really bad situations that's reminiscent to the security industry about 20 years ago or something. Right. But now bad people are realizing that that's still a cash cow. Yeah. And they're extracting ransoms from people on it. Yeah. I can't remember. I think something about the WannaCry, if you tried to pay it, it didn't actually reverse the ransomware or there was something around that. Like maybe maybe I'm confusing it with another ransomware um, that was happening a while ago. Okay. So patching system seems to be an important thing. Yahoo, we spoke about <laughs> them getting breached a while ago. Yeah. Turns out their breach was a little bit worse than they thought. Affected a billion accounts. That's a lot of accounts. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like every single person who ever had a Yahoo account was impacted by that. That makes me so angry because the amount of steps that I had to go through to recover my 2003 Yahoo account so mm-hmm. that I could go back on and play Yahoo chess like a hundred <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Meanwhile, some guys just like, Oh yeah, your password was Yahoo sucks because their password thing is difficult. Yeah, um, <clears throat> they didn't. They didn't have to guess. They just got all of the passwords from everything, which is why, as we've said before, you shouldn't use the same password on multiple sites. We had a whole episode about passwords. 
I use a program called Password Safe, which means I have to manage it. It's not super intuitive, but it is super secure. I recently bought some stuff through the Humble Bundle that included uh, LastPass to it. I tossed that over to my mother-in-law because she has 8,000 passwords for stuff and keeps forgetting what they are. Because well, That's she, actually good. Yeah, because I mean, she doesn't use the same password good, for every but, site. She yeah. uses mostly the same password construct for places and then forgets <laughs> what that was. So I'm like, here, just randomly generate it. You never have to know what it is. And it's like a web interface. It's pretty easy to do. Tavis Ormandy, who works for Google Project Zero over the past year, has ripped some pretty big holes in password managers. And it seems like they're all pretty much crap except for, you know, the ones that are offline that that can't get compromised, LastPass and 1Password. Sorry, uh, so either what what's the one you're using? I'm using PasswordSafe, which is an offline one. Um, it has a database that's only on my system. It's not uploaded to okay. the cloud. It does have the ability to store URLs and auto log on to stuff. But I have to manage password synchronization across stuff. So I'll right. uh, throw my encrypted password store onto Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever and just sync that across that way. Fair enough. What else? Everybody's social security number is screwed. Social insurance number. They in the faxed us. Yeah. So actually, maybe not everybody. I guess only about half the people in the States, about three quarters of the people in the UK and... So far, they've only disclosed about 100,000 people in Canada. Right. But they've only disclosed that for Canada because they haven't really looked into it yet and probably won't. Yay. They have better things to do. I think we'll have another thing in the show notes for that. Where can you find the show notes, Max? Oh, you can find the show notes at in-security.org slash EP044. 044. We already have a 43. Ah, fudge. We do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you nailed it. First try there. That was a great, yeah. that was a great pitch. Anyway, I'm leaving all of this in. Um, so I slowed down because I forgot if it's like slash. In-security in dash security slash org dot no dash org in slash security dot org dot slash ep044 some of that should be editable no leaving it all it's glorious anyway (laughs) we'll try and have uh, a a couple more of the show notes in there for that we think we've got a couple of articles about that the Mm. other thing that they had their hands full with is while they were so busy not fixing their business they may or may not have been hacked again yes so there's breaking news on that so a malware or a security researcher said hey how come when i go to your website it's asking me to download a flash installer and when i look at what the flash installer is it's malicious and the guy got it multiple times when going to the website turns out guess what it was malvertising Okay, so let me ask you this. You have a company, and that company is exclusively making money off of selling all of your personal information to other companies because that's what Equifax literally does. Yes. That's what your company does, and they make a ton of money off of that. Why would they have ads on their website? They also make a ton of money off of 
doing the other things that the people that they sell their information about want to block. Yeah. So we're the product. They are the let's collect and report your product. So they're making money from people who want to check on us. They're making money from us for trying to check on us and also selling all of our information to other, other people. And then they need ads on their website. Hey, why not make the products that you are selling generate you more money in different ways? Uh, I think it's called diversifying your bounds. (laughs) So old and angry about everything. Has anything else new and exciting happened? So many things. There was another one. There was one that I had thought of that I thought was really fun to mention. And then I didn't put it into my rage journal. Uh, I got to open that back up. Oh, um, remember there was a, a last episode we did, episode 43, if you recall, was about uh, voting machines and potentially getting hacked and oh, yes. all the hoopla around that. And we were like, don't worry. That's not how you compromise elections. I don't remember what I don't know where we're going with this. I want to get put onto a list. Turns out you compromise elections through propaganda. Yeah, sure. Yep. All of it. So much sadness. So, yeah, there's a lot of new things that have happened recently about advertisements changing the way people think about things, you know, fostering the, the trolls, fostering hate for things that never existed, never needing to apologize about it. There's a new term that came out. You might not have heard of it called fake news um, that was associated to this and then co-opted by the president of the United States to blame any media organization that he doesn't like. And it seems like Russia has been doing pretty good at this propaganda machine. Mm. So much so that, you know, we were planning to do an episode a while back on Ukraine and how Russia has been hacking that. Uh, There was an excellent episode on NPR Planet Money about Russia's involvement in the Ukraine war. We had some resources that have been since called into question, so I don't really want to reference them too much. But Russia is a hacking beast. And they're also just this propaganda phenomenal monster. Good grief. Yep. Oh, Mr. Robot's back. Oh, that's good news. That's an upside. Yep. Episode one of season three aired last night. Okay. Within it, you will find wonderful things such as the use of an app called Shodan, which is able to, which is like a scan that goes across the internet and you're able to like query a database about that. Highly recommend that if you want to do any of that. Amazing social engineering, just really neat, well thought out tech geekery that's actually embedded into it, into a, an interesting storyline. Huh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Capture the Flag uh, event happens within it, which is something that where people practice to and learn how to hack into things. We were going to do something about teaching people to break stuff. Oh, we could try that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, actually, aside the b-sides that i'm doing in a month we have this sponsor that we're actually bartering for so we're giving them like some floor space to be a sponsor and they're putting on a capture the flag event all day very cool just have to bring a laptop and if they don't want to see a talk and they just want to play at hacking stuff they can go to another room get coached on it and just do it from like beginner level to experienced folks it's just super cool and appealing and 
did we mention where this is? What, B-Sides Toronto? Mm-hmm. Go to bsidesto.ca and we're about a third of the tickets sold out. It's not very big. We'll have a link in the dingus. Sure. I wasn't planning on advertising. I just thought that it's really cool. We're going to advertise it. It's a thing that you're you're helping make happen. Sure. Why okay. not? I think it's cool. I think it's cool. But it's, yeah. Let's do yeah, this up. It's Let's a super right. cheap way to get knowledge, free lunch, networking, lots of fun stuff like that. Something that I've instituted in my home, which is super cheap and pretty effective at going against the malvertising thing, is I have a Raspberry Pi which is a $45 Canadian device or $35 US device that you can buy and it'll go over Wi-Fi and connect to your network or you can plug it in. And it's like a little computer that's on this little piece of electronics and it's pretty good performance for what it is. I mean, I've set off a Minecraft server on it before for my kids and and you. Yeah, and that, um, that worked great. And it just works. And it, there's a super simple thing you can do. Install something called Piehole, and <laughs> and what it is 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 it's this thing that black holes DNS requests to advertising sites and information gathering sites like the Microsoft stuff that we've rented out before. You just it, it creates this DNS engine in in your house so that you make your requests for DNS sites to it. And then it will block stuff that it knows as malicious and it'll block stuff that falls into categories of creepy information tracking stuff. Is this? Uh, And it's like one line to install. You have to figure out how to install an operating system on the Raspberry Pi. If you buy it through somebody like Canakits, it already comes with it installed. You just select which one you want and then you run this one line and you're up and running. You answer a couple questions about your IP address get a static IP address, point your home router to it for any further DNS requests, and you're just completely covered. DNS is one of the predominant ways where people will get redirected and and have man-in-the-middle attacks against them. That's what I was just about to ask. Is this a elaborate way to do a, in this case, positive man-in-the-middle attack? Mm-hmm. Oh, you could totally do this for nefarious reasons. Yeah, Absolutely. Don't, do, don't do that. This is a full, full disclaimer of this show. Um, and it's also tool, Audible, our, right? our, our sponsor this week. No, they say, that's don't, not a thing. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> that's not a thing. This thing that Max is talking about. We have no sponsors. You yeah, we, we don't have sponsors. You uh, have something in the show notes, what every browser knows about you. Pretty cool. I don't know what this is about. Oh, look at it. I don't know I what clicked it is on the link. Either. It's showing me what operating system I have, what my hardware is. Uh, it's just kind of a fun link to look at. Yep. It's got some mistakes within it. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. A couple of websites have learned ways to make money without advertising. And that's literally making money. So, <laughs> you know, the whole crypto coin phenomenon... That happened yes. with Bitcoin. And you yes. used to be able to make money by mining for the coins. I mean, you still can, but now you have to have a server farm in order to make anything. And Dogecoin and the other ones. Yeah. So, I like Dogecoin because the logo. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic logo. But there was, uh, you know, the Pirate Bay. You heard of the Pirate yep. Bay? 
Yeah, we've talked about them before. The yeah, political so party a, out in Norway or something. They're a popular website for if you want to look up torrents. And they tried it for a little bit. This was an experimental deal because most of the people that are still using things like torrents are somewhat into ad blockers and stuff because of all of the dodgy sites that they're visiting and all the right. immediate risks and threats that that poses. Um, Makes sense. Although, as you can see, just going to Equifax, you can get compromised through yeah, ads there, there as just well. Just turn off all your ad blockers, go to Equifax, see what happens. It'll be a fun experiment. So what they tried is a Java-based app that will, while you are at the site, effectively, and this is my understanding of it, uh, it will effectively run in the background and use, you know, your CPU cycles and stuff like that to try mining for electronic currency while you're at the site and just keep running. The downside is that it sort of drags your computer to a bit of a performance halt. But the upside is it'll give them cycles that they can use to try and make money without feeding you nonsense advertising. I feel like this is less offensive to me if I can close it and just be like, yep, I'm done with this site for now than it is to try and sell all of my information to marketers. Now, anything that runs JavaScript on my machine for their profit, I have a problem with because they're doing the opposite of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act to me. Like they're they're essentially abusing my system for their means unless i've knowledge knowledgeably agreed to it okay so and javascript is pretty much the root of most evil that happens yeah no, that's fair that's that's fair if they were to present you with the option you can either visit the site and use this while you're here or you can not visit the site i would probably let them do it over being sold to an advertiser and allowing them to track me forever oh yeah no i i I want to knowledgeably accept these things. And I'm a big fan of Patreon. Like I think that right. Patreon, as far as like contributing to something that you're enjoying and gaining value from, I think is the right way to do it. Right. That people have come up with other schemes like this. There's, I forget what the name is, but um, there's something where you essentially um, load up your browser with some money. And then as you visit sites, you know, it says you've used this site more than others. Why not give them some of the cash that we've got stored in this or it'll automatically do it if you want or whatever. Right? I think they had a couple of these micro payment type options. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked in the past about, you know, successful advertising and stuff like that. And it's all about trying to find a way to monetize the quote unquote free service that you're offering without selling the privacy of the people directly. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is and the the story continues on to say that this was an experiment by Pirate Bay. They are, I believe, not continuing on with this. They wanted to try it to see how it worked and that kind of stuff. Um, the interesting part of the story is that Showtime, the TV channel, they have built themselves a a Netflix competitor, and that had the same JavaScript running for a little while. Now, Showtime is a site where people would go and actually sit and watch videos, so their methods would have worked significantly better because people were there and 
committed to being there for a long time. Right. However, none of the execs admit to knowing how it happened to get there. Um, This may have gone on to be solved by now. I haven't looked into it. Uh, One of the suspicions was that some person, some sysadmin or website admin had just tucked the code in there and was personally making money off of it. Yeah, all of all of all of the suspicions have not been proved as far as I know, but they had it on there for a very short while. However, they did have it on there. And so during that time, all of these people would be visiting their sites and spending an inordinate amount of time, you know, watching shows. And during that time, their computers were effectively compromised and being used to make someone else money in a way that they had no idea of. Again, this is going to the the conversation that we had virtually seconds ago. I would be okay with it if it were a site that I was not paying a subscription fee for and they asked me about it and then I'd be okay with that. But if I'm already paying to use your site and use your services, that is not cool by me. Yep. There's a disturbing trend of that where you as the consumer are paying money and then the companies decide to make more money off of you. So there used to be, uh, you know, an unwritten agreement that if you're paying for a service, then you don't get double dipped on. And now it just seems to be that everybody's double dipping. Where was this unwritten agreement? Because it was not TV. If you look at TV, TV is the best example of that. Like cable TV, you have to pay for access to all these channels and then you get eight minutes of show and 45 minutes of commercials. Fair enough. Plus product placement inside the show, plus all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Like I was watching a, I mentioned this in the past in one of the episodes, I don't remember all of it, but in the middle of a show, there was a giant pop-up that covered the bottom third of the screen for yet another commercial for another show that was on the same channel at a different time while I was trying to watch the show on the channel that I had just sat through a whole bunch of commercials to get to the show for TV has been slowly killing itself. And that's why Netflix became so popular is like, you can just pay to get the show. Yeah. Which goes back to the Patreon thing, right? Is you send something out to a bunch of people and somebody feels that they're gaining value from it. They can subscribe on a much monthly service or just send you a couple bucks that way. Yeah. You know, and if your reach is big enough, then you can actually support yourself on it. Like several, several other podcasts that I listen to do. Yeah. Gosh, a hundred percent. So at any rate, you guys, if you want, you can give to us at patreon.com. <laughs> I think that as a recap episode, I think we nailed a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. I think as a recap episode, we hit a whole bunch of really salient points here. And if there's anything you want us to dive deeper into, just leave a comment in the show notes or whatever it is, the comments box on our website. We'll solve that mystery. Or you could send it to feedback at in-security.org. That email will go to the both of us and then we will respond to it. Or what's this pitch in the show? I don't remember. Twitter handle. At in-security show. Everything's broken. We don't, uh, we don't, we're not following the same norms. We've evolved. Yeah. We're so much better than the last episode. Episode 43, maybe. (laughs) This one's also called 43 in the recording that I'm doing. (laughs) Nope. Episode 43, 2. There is one other thing that I had. Hey, do you guys want a Yahoo? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what. You, sir, should have yourself Mm -hmm. a good week. 
Aw, thanks. You too.